Hello. We are here. It's we're here. every other Wednesday. The trade gods were last week, and now we are back on the player profiler airwaves. Got a little dead air there for a second because for, for some reason I thought Seth was going to start talking, and then I realized that he was waiting on me to start talking. But we are going to be talking about a lot of dynasty assets today. We're going to do our usual rookie temperature checks, and we're going to talk about some more struggling sophomores. And we're also going to talk about some league-winning assets that are attainable right now in Dynasty Leagues, and we are going to end it out talking about Caleb Williams, the most highly anticipated quarterback prospect since I don't know when, really. It, it, it's been a long time. He, he's being hyped up to the Pat Mahomes level, with, and Pat Mahomes wasn't even Pat Mahomes when he was a prospect. So, I mean, this is a level unbeknownst to us for a while. So we're going to tell dynasty managers what they need to be doing right now to prepare. And it's all starting now on the dynasty Roundtable. Welcome in everybody. Thank you. Uh, we have a couple special guests on the dynasty Roundtable tonight. Don't we Matt Babbage? Absolutely. We have Brendan Booth, AKA big boned FFB. And we Very also special. got Jonathan Tuma, Johnny, Johnny, Brendan, how are we doing today? We are doing fantastic. Yeah, awesome. I'm realizing I'm, I don't have my Twitter up. Uh, so FF Academy Johnny. Uh, so I I do have a Twitter. So I just feel kind of caught <laughs> caught, caught with my guard down here, seeing all your guys. But it's okay. I've been caught my guard down many times on this show, and uh, I think I've handled it. You know. Poorly, probably, but uh, you know, it, here we are. We still have a show, so that's that's something. But uh, I, the question on everybody's mind, I think, is you know, it's we we're heading into week eleven. We are to the point for sure now where you know if you're in it to win it or you're looking to sell some assets. So I'll kick it to you, Jonathan. First is like this is the questions like who are the league winning assets that are attainable in dynasty leagues who are what are a few names that you have yeah so for, i think the the definition of attainable is tough right because we all want like cd lamb right now but that's I, I don't think that's attainable but i think one name that's really cheap is like ty chandler right uh pod father was talking about him uh maddie kawoom as well he's a very intriguing ad like especially this week and it's a really wide open backfield there I, I think he's a good, actually, long-term buy as well because they've shown they won't necessarily invest in that position with how they addressed it last year. So it's really wide open for him to take. He's got a good speed. It's a good offense. He's like a lower-end buy. And then I think the other name that I really, really wanted to call out is Derrick Henry. Um, I think it's by low time for him after a three-point game. Levis will continue to develop. I think they'll hopefully stack the box less against him as the season goes on. And this is my favorite part, the good old, like, he plays Houston twice in the playoffs. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I've been saying that every year for the past – he really does play Houston twice in the playoffs, and it's not what it used to mean. But even uh, uh, Seattle Swiss cheese defense in the fantasy playoffs too. So I think now's the time to get him for a cheap in dynasty and – um hopefully have him ride you to a championship i love that you brought that up because that's so easy to forget because that was the narrative at the beginning of the season oh my god this playoff fantasy playoff matchup and yeah derrick henry probably pretty cheap i mean you could probably 
what do you think? 2024 second pretty gets him pretty easy. Probably. Oh yeah. I mean, I would be willing to pay that in a heartbeat, but everybody's going to still want a first for him. It feels like, you know, yeah. I'm about to sell him for Travion Williams in a, in a campus can league. So, (laughs) Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, Brendan, who are some of your uh, dynasty ads or dynasty buys uh, heading, heading down the home stretch? I got a few of them. Uh, Basically, it depends on where you stand and what your strategy is. You definitely need to assess your needs and what you're willing to move. Uh, if you're looking at like a possible playoff buy, like a top two, top three finish, you you want depth. You may be as thin as far as tradable draft picks because you're at that level. Uh, I'm looking for second tier, but high upside buys like Jerome Ford, uh, Terry McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, those kinds of guys you should be able to get. Um with kind of a marginal or injured player and a lesser pick. So you're, you're making multiple combo package uh, trade deals for those guys. They are not necessarily in the upper echelon of the players that we talk about, but they're among the target leaders. They're among the, you know, Jerome Ford is the RB one cream hunt is, is getting in there a little bit. Um, The other thing that I do is I, I pay attention to schedule in the playoffs. So somebody like Kenneth Walker, He's looking at facing like the 49ers, the Eagles, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh in the fantasy playoffs. That's not a matchup that I want to I want to look at. Um, I don't know if I would necessarily move off of him. I just I want somebody else to kind of supplement him. Um, Brian Robinson has the Rams in week 15 and the 49ers in week 17. So those aren't aren't great matchups, but Jerome Ford, he gets Chicago, Houston, the Jets. So he's somebody that I'm I'm definitely targeting. Um and then you brought up somebody at the very beginning, and I wanted to talk about him, but I forgot who it was. And I know that's great podcasting. Christian Watson? Yes. No. No, no, no. Not He wasn't. <laughs> he brought him up free form. Uh, and uh, now I feel so dumb. So uh, It's okay. Join the great. club. We'll save, it, we'll save it for the vault, and hey, if it, if it comes back, just, you know, when the time's right, we'll, we'll, we'll address it. I'll uh, comment after the show. There we go. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, and Johnny brought up the best point, and that's why I put the put the word attainable in the show sheet, right? Because you know it's really easy to go, you know, spit, like trade for Devon A chain, okay? Like go pay RB seven price to you know probably somebody who's contending. Yeah, sure, that's that's never gonna happen. But uh, a name that was producing some pretty big numbers before hitting the IR for a sprained ankle is Kyron Williams. And kind of looking at keep trade cut, kind of looking at the the crowdsource value, he's still you know somewhere in the very low you know RB four range. And if I'm a contender in dynasty, I'm paying that price any day of the week for a short term rental at the running back position, which is the same reason why I'm buying Chuba Hubbard as well. If if you can get somebody who's still valued as an RB four, even an RB three, that's going to be an RB two or higher rest of season and be the key for you to be able to win a championship now are Kyron Williams and and Chuba Hubbard both assets that have such high ceilings that they're just gonna win everyone championships maybe not but you know depth is really key at this time of the year like most teams are they need a flex you know they need that consistent you know 12 to 20 points you know with upside to 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 get them over the hump and so those are two assets that that I'm really looking for Uh, and then the third one I have is Michael Wilson uh, wide receiver 49, I think is still too low for his dynasty evaluation. Uh, he, he scored last week. He had an 18% target share on five targets. 
uh, it, it's going to, there's going to be some distribution. There's going to be some fight between Trey McBride and Marquise Brown, but Michael Wilson's going to get his and the Arizona Cardinals offense is going to be high powered. So he's a cheap asset that I'm looking to buy as well. I love that you brought up Michael Wilson because I love players who should have like, they had all this potential to score. And he, he had, a, if you remember in that game, had a touchdown call back. He was just short and then they ran it in. And so if he scores that touchdown in that game with Kyler Murray, it's a little bit different, but now he's still a wide receiver that hasn't produced for us yet playing with Kyler Murray young does something on that offense that nobody else does. They have a lot of small receivers. He's a big receiver, big and physical can play on the outside. So I, I love Michael Wilson. I, I like you said, wide receiver, what 49 is what 49 is what on keep trade cut. Wow. That's I'd be very interested. Um, but I don't know what it's going to cost. It may, I, I I don't know if it would cost the first. You guys can educate me maybe, but Mike Evans seems like a guy that I want if I'm pushing the chips all in for a championship mm. this year, right? Mike Evans with Baker Mayfield has been really, really good this year. He's wide receiver 12 right now, wide receiver 11 in fantasy, fantasy points per game. He's over that dreaded age of 30. And I like his ceiling is so high. I know that the floor can come out at times too, but his fantasy playoff schedule at Green Bay is tough in week 15. Week 16, Jacksonville Jaguars, really good matchup. And a good matchup, I think, against the Saints too in week 17 if you get to the championship game. So, again, Mike Evans, I, I'm probably not going to pay a first at this point, but a second plus, definitely I would push the chips in on Mike Evans. But every league's different, so the prices are probably all over the place. Yeah, and, and don't forget that NFC South is kind of a boat race. So, I mean, there's a bunch of teams in contention. So Tampa should be vying for a while to stay in it. And he's got that other incentive, his 10,000 yard season in a row. And you know that that they want to get him that. So he, he was my wide receiver one in the fishbowl. I faded wide receivers forever and took him and he's been carrying me. So I, I love Mike Evans. Yeah. So I, again, Michael Wilson, too. Um, and I think another name that I'll throw out that feels gross, but it's pretty, pretty attainable is Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen is the wide receiver nine on the season. He almost I'm, made my list too. Some, yeah, me too. Somehow, some way, I don't know why, why or how, but Bryce Young, he, he feels like Bryce Young's only option at times. 17.8 fantasy points per game. And I know that there's this narrative out there that veterans fade down the stretch and that could, that could happen, but ver- against the Falcons, Packers and then against one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL at Jaguars in week 17 where the weather should be good it's so I, I I really like that so and again he's not going to cost you very much at all probably so like at the high end he's probably going to cost you a 2024 second probably like that's high I, I would think a third plus a nice young player would get the job done for sure so those are two wide receivers that really st- stood out to me um, Matt, what uh, you have anything else to add, or anybody have anything else to add to that? I just think of those teams, like those guys. You, first off, I kicked myself for selling Mike Evans for a second at the start of this season in kind of a rebuild. I didn't want to be in the treadmill of mediocrity. I'm like, I'm gonna punt. I'm gonna implode for the Trojan. Uh, do the implosion for the Trojan with Caleb Williams. 
but it's like I kick myself for selling Mike Evans. But then like Thielen, I, I don't know if you guys do this. You ever think of the team or like the league that you would need him to, to be the missing piece. And then you think of the owner who has him and you're like, I, he, yes, he's a great buy. Like the second you brought him up, I'm like, well, who could I get him from? Like that guy's going to try and squeeze me for him bad. So yeah. Um, I hate that. <laughs> oh yeah. Like it, it totally depends on your team. And I, we're all in those leagues with those guys. And we've talked about it on this channel before where, Oh God, exactly what you said. He's on that player team. Well, I'll, I think I'm going to look elsewhere. Like where's Mike Evans. You know, I got to pivot, you know, there's just like, and you never want to be that guy in dynasty. You never want to be that guy. That's just outrageous with their demands on players. You want to be in that trade market. You want to be flexible. So that would I would encourage everybody to do that and utilize tools like the Player Profiler Dynasty uh, Deluxe Package has a Dynasty Calculator on there that's fantastic to see if these trade or Dynasty Dominator app. There's so many tools out there. There's some free ones too that you can use to see if these trades are fair and to make sure that you're not like crazy out of the ballpark and not and sending just totally unfair trades if you're not super familiar with Dynasty. Absolutely. So one of the we, we, we've talked about this, you know, pretty much every episode in season in the Dynasty Roundtable, but the two of the most volatile assets in the game. First of all, let's before we go to the second second segment, I see we got some comments highlighted. So this great podcasting, just just completely interrupting a segue. But I don't know. <laughs> who's this guy? I don't know. I don't, Cody. Know I don't know who that is, but he likes the Mike Evans pick. And then we got George play. Oh, one looks like he's in a situation that we're kind of talking about. Uh, hey guys, I'm nine and one. I tr- just traded away Kenneth Walker for Tony Pollard. I was afraid of C- Seahawks schedule and Zach Charbonnet. What do you guys think about that? I think you should look for Rico Dowdle as a handcuff. I think that's a legit handcuff. Um, I think Pollard's been a bit disappointing, but I totally get the move because the schedule with Walker is brutal. And I do think Charbonnet will come on more and more, but yeah, uh, you did the move, right? I'd try and get Dowdle to, to be a handcuff and someone who whoever has him would probably be thrilled to sell him for like a third or something like that. And I just don't think that's a terrible move to own all of the Cowboys backfield if you can. That was the guy that I was going to talk about because you brought up Tony Pollard and you brought up the pod father. And I was like, Rico Dowdle's out there and he's about to take over in Dallas. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. No, I look like the same to me. I'll say it like after the type of surgery and Dowdle looks good when he has the ball. I, yeah, I and I have I have. Him. <laughs> I have Dowdle in a few leagues and I keep watching him sit there on my bench. And I mean, he's not doing much, but he's getting nine points. He's getting eight points, 11 points. So those are the kinds of things that kind of, it's like Jalen Warren for a long time. You're looking at that and you're going, all this guy needs is a chance. And once he, he breaks out, he's going to be there. And Tony Pollard has been a disappointment and he's a little bit older and Dowdle's old too. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, I I I do like his potential. He's a little bit more explosive than than Pollard has been. So. We're so we're so fickle, and I understand I understand why. I get it. It's a part of the game, yeah. but I mean, we are not like we're very close to a year removed of Tony Pollard finally breaking the mold and just shattering the earth with his performance. And 
I mean, it's the fracture. It's the leg fracture. He came back very quickly. Didn't even miss camp. And, you know, and then Zeke leaves. And who gets all the first and 10 runs up the middle and all the, you know, the set, the short down yardage, all these in between the tackles, the things that we didn't want Pollard to take anyway. It's Tony. And so they're tiring him out with all these low expected outcome runs. And then shocked when he doesn't have the juice on carry number eight of the drive when they try and do something to the outside. And then Dowdle comes in, has that explosiveness, has the fresh legs, and they're scripting up the same type of shit that Tony was excelling in last year. And so it's this weird, fucked up little move (laughs) like McCarthy's done where he's he's turned Tony Pollard into Zeke somehow. And and look, I I feel like this situation, and you know, for for this season. We may not see the Tony Pollard of last season, and we got to accept that. But I think after you know some more time recovering from his leg, building up the health, hopefully they sign a bigger back to be that complement. But I, I I do think Tony Pollard is is going to be fine. Dynasty wise, though, his his value is too high. He's getting old. He's got that fracture. You know, there's there's only so much time left for him to. So it's like I. I'm very torn by Tony Pollard because he's a personal favorite of mine. And in the short term, I love him. I think he's going to be fine. But like two two years down the line, you know, he's not going to be sitting in the top 10. He's not, he might not even be top 15 dynasty assets. So uh, Johnny, I think when you said you did the move, was that your way of saying like, I wouldn't have done that, but you know, like let's focus on the positive. Uh, let's be honest. Let's be honest. We're yeah. honest people here. Because if we're talking about dynasty, right, like Kenneth Walker, I call him Dope Walker. Like that guy, you know, just graduated for, or not graduated, but came out from college, like was the Dope Walker Award winner, like showed juice as a rookie. Uh, you could see him being a, a, a solid fantasy player for the next five years. And I think Pollard, you'd have to be more convinced is like a win now this year piece. And I'm more like, this seems almost like a lost season for him. And so, yeah, I guess I'm saying I would have, I would have wanted more. And maybe that's just me being to your point. So recency biased because he was fantastic last year and he does look great at times, but just, I don't love the role he's in, in that offense. You made so many great points, Matt, everything you said, (laughs) I agree with. So it it does make it, but like, then you've got Charbonnet there. So it, it, there's side there's arguments to be made for both sides. I probably would have personally hung on to Kenneth Walker. Like the guy ran a four three forty, you know what I mean? And it's like rocked up two hundred and ten pounds or something like that. Uh so yeah, I like him a lot. <laughs> Matt, so you said a lot of things there and great point, Johnny. But I wanted to ask Matt, what like if you're if you're is he one of the guys that you're targeting if you have a contending team? And would you be able to push, let's say a twenty twenty four 2024 first to go get him because that, that's going to at least be what it takes. I would assume I got to see something before the season. Okay. Ends. As okay. much as I love him, if I'm going to go out and, and pay the piper for him and like, that's kind of, I mean, that's I, as I kind of neared the end of the rant, you know, I did admit like his dynasty value is a little high and it was yeah. a little high, yeah. like, you know, weeks ago. So I, I'm leaning towards the sell side on the dynasty market. And if I'm going to pay a first to go get him, then I got to see something before the year ends because it's it's been it's been extremely disappointing. He had that uh, that long near touchdown in 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 L.A. and and that's been pretty much the the only memorable play he's made this year. So he, he's got to figure it out. 
for sure for sure so it's time for um for us to transition to the rookies and we're doing this temperature check that we do just about every week so i'll kick it to brendan first uh this time how do we feel about these rookies uh through week 10 are we buying or selling and the first one we'll start with is zay flowers Bye, 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 bye. Uh, Zay Flowers is who we thought he was going to be. I had him as my second wide receiver off the board in the rookie drafts, basically because I knew that I was getting JSN and I wasn't getting Jordan Addison. So uh, I wrote off Jordan Addison and and Flowers. So, I mean, technically he was a third, but he was my second guy. Um, Little stat came out today. Three yards of separation and man coverage per target leads all wide receivers in the NFL. That's a, a nice little tidbit. Um, I love Zay Flowers. I am all over that dude. And yeah, I'm I'm buying him everywhere that I can. If I'm if I'm selling something else and somebody's willing to, to give up on a, a career that's about to absolutely go off for the next five years, I'm I'm taking him everywhere. Johnny, buy or sell Zay Flowers. Um, I'm like holding, I don't know if I'm actively buying or if I'd rather have, like, I saw this question and this is what made me think about it. It was like, who would I rather have Dell or flowers? Right. And just with the chemistry that Dell and Stroud have, I really like that. I think that's a little bit of a thing that still needs to be developed with Lamar. And I'm a little scared of, I'm a huge Lamar fan, but he just loves going up the middle and feeding the uh, looking for Mark Andrews every time. And he's never really supported like a high end wide receiver one, which I think is what you want out of any player you trade for, right. Is to be a really great, great asset. Um, Cause he's, he's, there's still an opportunity to get him for the right price though. Cause I think over the past couple of games, he hasn't had some 30, 40 point game that makes it people under, I think that, there's still a question on how much upside does he really have? So um, I would hold him. I wouldn't, I'm not actively looking for him, but I wouldn't sell him unless I got an offer. I couldn't refuse. Matt. I'm on the warmer side of the market on Zay flowers for sure. Uh, he, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, if he is a guy who went out and so it, his current touchdown rate is two uh, percent, one touchdown per reception mm. uh, or sorry. Uh, one touchdown out of all of his receptions that equals out to 2%, but it, that regression is going to come. He's been a guy who's earning red zone targets. So he, he has a red zone target in seven out of 10 games. And, you know, while it does visually seem like Lamar is throwing to Mark Andrews all the time, he's actually also targeting Zay flowers early and often uh, Ryan Heath posts out these, these great graphics on Twitter every week. And so, in terms of first read target share and air yard share, Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers are this close to each other in each of those metrics. So there's a 1A and 1B in terms of the, the, the target leaders in Baltimore, and it's Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers. That's a good position to be in, especially with a an aging tight end, although you know the lifespan, given what we've seen with Travis Kelsey, may be a little bit longer on Mark Andrews, but He's shown to be a target earner early in the league, and that's what you need to see. And we've seen the yards after the catch. The difference between Zay Flowers and Jackson Smith and Jigba is that Zay Flowers has upside to be something special. That that was right off the, yeah, we're, we're quoting that one. Because that's a flag plant right there. It's true. 
It's true. We're seeing the like low, low A dot for Zay Flowers, right? And and I I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I don't know what JSN's A dot is, but I'm assuming it's somewhat similar. Zay Flowers is commanding targets. Jackson Smith and Jigba is not even commanding a respectable amount of targets given his target competition. It's not. We're all we can all sit here and agree that his target share has been abysmal. Jake Bobo yep. has more explosive plays than Jackson Smith and Jigba. And so Zay Flowers has shown us that base. And just historically, if JSN is going to be, and we're going to talk about him too later, yeah. later on, so I'm getting ahead of myself. But I've got my notes. If JSN was going to be something great, we would have seen glimpses already, and we have not. And that's just you know speaking probably. And Zay Flowers has shown us those glimpses. He needs to have a better air yard share, you know, some more downfield targets if he's going to sustain fantasy points without in- incredible efficiency. But on the lower side of the spectrum, we know he's a guy that can create that production for himself. So, so I'm in on Zay Flowers. If we look at some guys who are above him, sorry for the camera turn here, but uh, JSN, you know, T Higgins, who's been, you know, underperforming and, and injury injury prone, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that you can take Zay Flowers over T Higgins right now. Uh, so, but then we get into Brandon Ayuk, Devonta Smith, you know, Stefan Diggs. And so that's where I say I'm on the warmer side of the market, because in terms of wide receiver ranks, there's not many that I'm, I'm moving Zay up above yet, but given the price, if I can get, you know, market or, you know, maybe even below market, depending on my team structure, I'm buying, except I was drafting Zay flowers all off season. So I don't have to trade for him. <laughs> yeah. Zay flowers, the talent. I absolutely love it. It just feels like he's only going to grow in his role. He's, he's one of my top wide receivers. Well, I, I assume then Matt Babbage. Well, it's cause so I'm either holding or buying. Like I, I couldn't be a bigger fan. I assume then you would trade in a heartbeat. You wouldn't even think about it. Uh, Zay flowers for, or, you would trade away JSN for Zay Flowers, then, right, Matt? Yeah, easy absolutely. money. Like I- tec- technically speaking, by value, you should be able to get Zay and a tiny bit plus. But I would, I would do it straight up in a heartbeat, fellas. And maybe I'm the one being fickle <laughs> now. And feel free, feel free to call me out on my, on my BS if that's what if that's the we case. We could, we we probably should. Maybe this would bl- go nicely into JSN. So yeah, let's just get into it. You want to, you want to start, you want to start us off with JSN, Brendan. Well, I I had him down as a buy, and uh, basically he he went into a situation where he has an established wide receiver core with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and both of those guys are perennial fantasy producers. So we knew there are some situations where a rookie goes in and they get his feet wet. I know that what you want to see is him immediately like take charge. It took uh, Jordan Addison a few weeks to start getting his target share increased and he was only competing with one guy granted it's JJ but um with Smith and Jigba his snap share is increasing game by game his target share is increasing game by game his a dot and his yards per catch yards per target are increasing game by game he's being worked more into the offense and the the big thing that you can see f- in the last few games versus the beginning of the season is his targets are not around the line of scrimmage anymore. They're getting him open in the middle of the field. They're getting him open down the sideline rather than just starting to get the ball in his hands on screens and stuff like that. So his usage is changing and he is becoming the receiver that we know that he can be. He doesn't necessarily need to be a deep target in that Seattle offense at this point, because that's what, that's what Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf do. So I think that, 
it's just the usage that Pete Carroll is is giving to him is kind of kind of shading his value a little bit. That's a good thing if you are looking to to take advantage of people who are kind of down on him because his he hasn't had that um, blowing the world away breakout as a rookie. Like we knew that his talent was coming coming out of Ohio State. He checked off every single box as far as his draft profile. I mean that he he led four three or four current NFL wide receivers in production as an underclassman. I mean, he, everything was go for him as far as coming out. And there was a reason he was the wide receiver one in the, in the rookie drafts. And he, he is at that talent level, just maybe not the usage that, that, that would portend, you know? So I'm buying them everywhere. What do you think, Johnny? So I love this like spirited discussion and you guys are going to find this out about me now, I guess, like, and maybe this is starting to turn into a raw, raw chant after Brendan, but uh, I am, he's my ride or die. That's my guy. Amon Ra asked to me, I think he does have that. It's like, it took Amon Ra a few games, right. To get his feet underneath them. Um, you, you know, he broke out after his freshman year, even in college took a year, but to Brendan's point, just put together some games, some tape that I'm still gushing over. I, I get that he hasn't done it in the pros like Zay Flowers has yet, but I think when you've got that opportunity, if you're still sold on the guy and the talent, um, then you've got to make that that trade or, or try and buy him for the low from someone who's disgruntled about him. Right. The guy's 21 years old, 21 and a half. Um, again, Zay is 23. So it's a year and a half to kind of get to that same level. I think when you're looking at that dynasty lens and then the other thing is you mentioned Zay Flowers separation, same story with JSN. And that's what he's, that's what I love about both these receivers is these guys get open and like, you don't have to argue about like you would about George Pickens. Like, Oh, you know, it doesn't matter if he's a good contested catch guy. Like these guys are just wide open all the time. So you should throw it to them all the time. So those are things that I look for. Uh, I already got, again, kind of like you, Matt, you said you're drafting Zay all off season. I already own all the JSN. So I paid more than, and so maybe it's a sunk cost thing for me, but I paid more than, and then I would have to pay for him now. So I'd still buy him now. And I think yeah. the breakout is coming. Fantasy analysts are fickle, Matt Babich. Fickle. <laughs> Whoever okay. said that is a smart man. Yeah, they're fickle. All right, JSN. I mean, you guys make great points. And I, I still think JSN is a buy. I still do because we're seeing some glimpses. It's not what we want to see, but we want everything to happen like so fast, instant gratification. Like we should have known better. We should have known, oh, there's DK Metcalf there. Oh, there's Tyler Lockett there. This this is not going to be as easy cut and dry as it, as it would be for maybe a Zay Flowers. Even we did. We we did know all of the narrative and in going into the rookie drafts was Jordan Addison was going to have the best year because he was going to have the best opportunity. Quentin Johnston was going to have to wait for multiple injuries. Uh, Zay Flowers was going to get a chance to be a mid range guy, and JSN was going to have to wait a little bit. That I mean, we we knew that, and that's most of it is is playing out. I think JSN and Zay Flowers are right around the same level as each other. Um, ahead of Quentin Johnston, slightly behind Jordan Addison in terms of production this year. But, I mean, that was – it played out pretty much how everybody kind of predicted it would. 
I don't know about everybody. I know I know there were some people out there drafting real high in best ball and redraft and all that stuff. So mm. um, if yeah, definitely that we should have known that, that there were people out there saying that. And I agree. We should have. We should have known. But like it's gonna. I think it's it's just going to take some time for him. And Pete Carroll is an old school coach that it's, you got to prove it. You got to put in your time. And I think he's doing it. I think he's doing all the right things. And I think it's just a matter of time for him. I really do. I think he's an excellent player, and I would be buying him. If anybody's looking to get out of JSN, I'm right there checking on the price. If it's reasonable, I'm paying it. Matt Babich, I assume you're against all of us, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I am. Go back! In, in, oh. part, in part because it's yeah. it's three against one, you know, and it's it's good radio. So yeah, yeah. Like, there you go. I'm playing both sides, so I can't lose. It's either it's either I'm right or it was good radio. So uh, <laughs> it's at the end of the day, it's a win for me. But you know, just looking at you know the the dynasty rankings right now, I I just don't know. Like when I say I'm buying a player, like generally, like what I at least what I mean is that I think he is going to usurp those in front of him when I'm in my window, and. I don't know right now if he's going to jump Brandon Ayuk, Devonta Smith, and even 30-year-old Stephon Diggs that quickly. And so those are the first three receivers that are in front of him in the ranking. So you're still paying wide receiver 15 prices to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. And so, and and I think it's because there's still that belief and that understanding of there's DK Metcalf, there's Tyler Lockett. So I'm not going to freak out and panic sell JSN at wide receiver 20 or below prices. So I think the market is, is actually been relatively firm uh, on JSN. So that's why I'm still, I'm still selling. I'm not necessarily buying that he's going to jump those guys just yet, but in in dynasty, you got to be willing to get ahead of the curve. So I respect that as well. Yeah. It makes sense. All right. It is time. Is that time of the show for an ad break or as the pod father likes to say an informative segment, um, uh, so here is an informative segment. Uh, what is the informative segment this time, Matt? What All right. So we're going to, we're going to do a transition here. So is that I, what I these are called? Transition. You, you hear a lot of stats out there, right? We hear a player profiler on these wavelengths, you know, you get a lot of stats thrown at you and it can be difficult to consume, but it's exciting to explore. And what's the easiest way to explore all of player profiler stats? That's the data and analysis tool. And so we're going to kick it to the Podfather to find out more about Player Profiler's world-class data analysis tool. All right, I want to take a moment today to talk to you about data analysis. The data analysis tool, we listen to the users. What do you want? What do you need? And we made it happen. We added popular reports like a fantasy scoring report, air yards report, And if you want to create a new report, but you don't necessarily want to look through every field, we have quick results. Hey, show me the most popular passing data. Show me the most popular rushing data, fantasy data. Done. And the thing just is much faster than it's ever been. And the report builder got a lot easier. I mean, check this out. We break it down into offense, defense. Show me just fantasy data elements. And then when you get results, hey, show me by draft year. Let's take a look at just certain players that played a certain number of snaps or a certain number of games last year. This is the tool that so many of you have been asking for, plus a bunch of dream features that Billy wanted and Cody wanted and I wanted and Dario wanted. 
So go to the Fantasy Tools section, click on Data Analysis, or go to playerprofiler.com slash data-analysis. And we are back. Um, and don't forget, there's this show uh, with Memphis Young talking about very similar, I mean, the same topic, not similar, the exact same topic. Dynasty Warzone, Thursdays, 5 p.m. Central Time. You need to check it out. Memphis is one of the best dynasty minds in the business. And I, I have to do something real quick before we move on. Um, Jonathan and Brendan uh, are our news desk analysts, and they do a fantastic job here at Player Profiler doing that. Uh, Johnny, we'll, we'll start. We'll start with. We'll start with you. You want to talk a little bit about what you do uh, with the news desk? First off, it's awesome. It's like I just love doing it, so that's always great. Um, but we track like what these players are doing, the everything that is immediately relevant coming out. You know, for instance, um, Michael Carter going to the Cardinals today. What does that mean from a dynasty perspective? What does that mean from a redraft perspective? And it's not a book, right? Like it's a blurb. We're writing blurbs on fantasy relevant information based on the latest news that you can quickly get at your fingertips. So you just go to the player profiler website and you go to that player's profile and go to the news and media section and scroll down. And if anything's happened to them recently, you're going to get the latest kind of quick two cents on what we think around their fantasy kind of latest change in value. Brandon, anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that Player Profiler started this year, and we have a veritable army of news desk contributors. Uh, each each person has control of a division in the NFL. So I had the AFC West for a while. I just brought in a partner. He's taken two teams out of the AFC West, and anytime some news pops up, injury, uh, position. Uh, uh, depth chart change, something like that, that we jump in, we add it to, we supplement the player profile on playerprofiler.com. And in addition, getting ready for big things that are coming for player profiler, I'm piloting a program right now where I'm starting to add to the news things like target share change, increase or decrease, whether somebody lost their job or not. We've been totally focused on injuries for the first 10 weeks of the season. And now we're starting to move into other areas of player news that, that are relevant. Um, and then we, again, we get to input our little, um, how that affects the guy in, in fantasy football, as far as when he's coming back, who took over his job, things like that. So it's, it's really valuable. Hit the news tab on the player profile and, and you'll see all the work that we're doing. Awesome. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that. It's the Lord's work. It is awesome stuff you can see it on the website very well done looks great too so um it's a new thing headed up by bradley stalder um and technically i'm overseeing it but bradley's really the captain in that army so shout out to bradley um where are we at with these rookies matt where are we at we have two more rookies to get through real quick before we get to our sophomores so you've seen them on the thumbnail he's Activate well, his practice window has been activated. So, Devon A. Shane, currently ranked at RB7 on Keep Trade Cut, is coming back to the lineup. So, we'll start with Brendan and just kick it around the room. Where are we at in Devon A. Shane through week three, week 10? Week 10. I am selling Devon A. Shane. I am 
taking advantage of his value right now, and I'm getting as much as I possibly can for him, whether that's guys that are going to help me in the playoff situation guy, and, and also bring me back pieces for drafting next year. His upside is tremendous. He's so fast. He's in such a great situation, and we talked about that pre-draft. Oh, my God, he's going to be so great in that offense, and he is. But if, if we think back to that, he didn't check every box. Almost, but not quite. His size will always be an issue. He's already been hurt. He's already dealt with injuries, had an IR stint in his rookie year. I have him in as many redraft leagues as I was able to grab him. But in Dynasty, I'm absolutely taking advantage of the the value that he's going to bring back for me because he's the guy that everybody wants right now. Johnny, what do you think, man? Yeah, I feel like you could really squeeze someone for him right now. And I, I, uh, I think the big question, like it's been fun this year, because there was so much about BMI and how that coordinates with a running back's success. And like all the small running backs have kind of smashed that narrative, like down to Cairo, I think even that's a sub 30 BMI. But when you actually look at it, you're like, wait, now I see why they're not putting together full fantasy productive seasons. They're missing time. And there really is something about just being a bigger frame that makes you a little less injury prone, um, and he, and so that's the big question, right? Can he stay healthy? Um, I, I, I'm trying to absolutely squeeze someone for like multiple firsts or just some fat package. And cause what I will say is could the guy I've said, sell him before, and then he's thrown 50 points up the next week. Right. So, um, maybe there's another one of those games coming, but if you're getting an offer, you can't refuse. I think that you're looking to sell him, um, it's, but it, it does depend on your roster because our running back is such a brutal position. They all get hurt, you know? So, yeah, based on where he's va- valued. Uh, and again, I use keep trade cut is not the end all be all, but on keep trade cut. He is what RB one, two, three, four, seven, five, six, seven. Yeah. Oh my God. Ahead of Kenneth Walker, ahead of Saquon. I would prefer Saquon. I'd probably even prefer, oh, definitely Rashad White. DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs. And if I can get a little something, something on top of that for Devon A chain. Oh yeah. Because I mean, yes, he's been a shooting star to this point. Undeniable what he's been able to do. But again, that's coming on a 40.5% snap share, uh, not even a 40% opportunity share. So he's doing this with insane efficiency. And I, again, I get, he's a really talented guy, but how many games has he played this year? I'm counting four. And in one of those games, he got one carry. So he's going to have to show it to me a little bit more of a sustainable thing before I really start to value him at RB7. And again, this is Dynasty is crazy the way we value these players. I think this is a classic example of I'm, I'm just going to go consensus here. And I, I have a feeling Matt Babich is going to be on board. I mean, this is the time to get out. I, I don't really see his value getting much higher than it is right now. Return on investment. And that's what you're getting if you sell Devon A. Shane right now before he comes back. Cause I mean, it was electric to start the year, but we don't we don't know how healthy he's gonna be. We don't know if he's gonna be putting up these electric numbers. Even if he does, what's his shelf life on that kind of productivity? And even if he sustains it, you've turned a, a late second round, mid third round into like Johnny said, potentially two firsts. If that's the type of price you can get at 
I'm doing that every single time. If I get the if I get the same gem in next year's draft, I'll sell them. I'll do it every single time because that capital you collect is so much more valuable down the stretch because it can turn into an actual sustainable top seven RB, or it can turn into you know, Lord willing, Caleb Williams, even Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, in this this 2024 class and the 2025 class after that look to be so loaded with talent. I know we say this a lot. But I think we're pretty confident in 2024. So if you can get two 2024 firsts right now for Devon A. Chain, you, that's how you that's how you do the Alan Sislowski and win all the time. You, you're just win yeah. now mode all the time in all your teams if that's the type of moves you're making. So I'm absolutely on board for selling Devon A. Chain. Now, someone who I know none of us are going to say we're selling. So I want to pivot the, the, the conversation. Uh, unless you're selling and then feel free to bring it up. Feel free to be that person, but we're, we're going to talk about CJ Stroud. He's lighting the league on fire. He was QB 20, 21 to start the season. Well, he's QB four now. So talk about return on investment, but what are we doing with CJ Stroud? And, and I want to discuss the broader question of, is he a top three quarterback right now? Can we push him above Josh Allen? I got, I, that's my fault. I didn't pick a direction. We'll start with Brendan. The rest of the season, uh, I'm taking Stroud over Allen. That's, I mean, that's just because that's where their performance level is right now. I, I have to level with you. I targeted CJ Stroud in every Superflex at uh, startup and redraft league that I was in. I, I fade quarterback just like I fade wide receivers in in the fishbowl. And I was taking Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, and CJ Stroud in every league that I could. The Desmond Ritter one didn't didn't really didn't really hit for me, but CJ Stroud and Sam Howell have uh, have been very very productive for me and and have made me very very proud as an owner. Um, yeah, I I love CJ Stroud. However, I don't think he's a top three quarterback. I would take him right now, rest of the season over Josh Allen, but. Uh, I mean, there are at least three or four or five other guys that I, w- I would take rest of the season. So um, he's not in the top three for me. He's just good doing doing so good in Superflex. Johnny. So he's a baller. Uh, I think that's the cutoff. Like I'm probably trading him for him. If I had Burrow and if that's a straight trade, I'm probably taking it. And I like Joey B. Um, but I think. I, I have him just in dynasty outside of my top three, like Mahomes hurts. Allen is erratic, but he is still QB one on the season. Um, and I think what I'm waiting for with Stroud and we've all been waiting for since he was at Ohio state was like the rushing upside and him to really use his legs. I think he scored a rushing touchdown last game, but like he he's got legs. If he can consistently move around in the pocket and start showing that, then like, I'm all in on him. Um, but as of right now, I think he's cute. He's still like MVP season, all this hype right now, but he is still QB nine in fantasy points per game uh, or just QB nine on the season, probably maybe a little higher in points per game because of the bye week. Okay. So very, very strong. But um, I think that the turnovers with Allen, yeah, they suck, but the upside is so crazy because he uses his legs so much. Um, and he is QB one on the season. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's just hard for me to to push him inside the, that top three right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's top three. Um, you guys might think I'm crazy, but I actually I actually traded him away in a super flex 
dynasty. And here we go. We've shared some trades on this show before. They haven't gone spectacularly well. <laughs> so we'll, we'll share this one and we'll see how much vitriol we get in the chat. All right. Yeah. So I traded away CJ Stroud and Khalil Herbert. Right, Khalil Herbert, not you know, just kind of a throw in, to be honest. I get back Brock Purdy. This is a rebuilding team. I'm rebuilding. I get back Brock Purdy, Dallas Goddard, two points per tight end premium. He's hurt, but I'm rebuilding. And I get two 2024 firsts. Who wins that deal? Where's the 20? Where are the 2024 firsts? Let's just say they're both mid round picks because that's they're kind of in, they could go either way. They could go up or down. They're right in the middle. I mean, you're still getting a Romo Dunze and and a, a quarterback who's who's gonna go off. So uh, I th- I think I think you do did pretty well on the, on that one. Yeah, Purdy's too low. I think uh, was it Matty Kawumu was saying the same thing. He's buying uh, Purdy in every super flex he, league he can. When you look at his value, it's like it's just still too low for what the offense he's in, the pr- production he's put together. The guy's legit. So I, I actually like that trade for you a lot. Like you got a lot of icing on the cake with two firsts, you know, but man, yeah. Selling Stroud right now is crazy. <laughs> it makes you, it makes you yeah, noise. It makes you a little sick to your stomach. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Like you're just I'm, like, oh, I'm you're like, you're, you're like, oh, should oh. I accept this? I'm trading away CJ Stroud. Probably the hottest asset in dynasty right now. I think and it depends on the rest of your roster. Right. If I mm-hmm. if I saw your entire roster, I might feel differently about what I'm about to say, but you're you're over two in terms of trades in, in uh, my book. In my book. Because oh no. I, I he's QB six right now, and I feel like he hasn't really been unlocked, right? Like he's doing a lot of that. He's pr- he's pushing the guys around him to a new level. And that's what truly incredible quarterbacks do. And you know, we're we're looking at insane production from Noah Brown on back-to-back weeks. And this is a guy that when he was operating as the wide receiver two in the Dallas Cowboys offense, he was not, he wasn't really much of anything. And CJ Stroud is making him look like one of the best receivers in the NFL. Tank Dell, who I think is a, a very talented receiver is essentially the team's top guy. Oh, sorry, Nico. That's disrespectful to Nico Collins, but Nico Collins is also not, a world-breaking receiver. He's he's pretty good. Imagine if C.J. Stroud had a Marvin Harrison Jr., a Justin Jefferson, a, a true alpha, and Houston's going to be a team. We've seen it with the way they're running their offense being so pass-heavy. They're going to be a team where if they put the roster together around C.J., we're going to be having these same conversations that Theo Greminger was having where we're going to say, could C.J. Stroud push for a 50-touchdown season? Because I think he can be that good. And so... I think value wise, it's a it's a perfectly fine trade, but CJ Stroud, I think, is could be the type of guy that would make you regret it. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that can make you regret that trade. And and I just think CJ could be one of those guys. And I think he's shown the potential for that. But if he doesn't live up to that name that I've kind of painted for him right there, then you've gotten a phenomenal deal. So, you know, Dynasty is all about risk. Uh, I have a million trades I could list off that were probably stupid in the time they were made and stupid, you know, two years now, like two years after. So, you know, there's, you know, we, we can act like we're really certain on, on some of these things, but no, I, I think, I think it's a fine move. I just, I'm so bought into CJ Stroud probably cause he's pushing me over the top in the, in the Podfather patrons league, best, uh, super flex, best <laughs> ball. 
uh, drafted CJ. I, I hopped in, I, I took in an orphan and I, I, I drafted CJ Stroud to, to take the wheel with Joe Burrow. And, and that's been, it's been a fun ride, but in terms of being a top three quarterback in dynasty, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not all the way there yet uh, Johnny, like you mentioned, it's the rushing production. Uh, I, I don't think that's necessarily something that should have taken too long. If it was going to be a really big part of his game, yeah, uh, we would have we would have seen him put up some more rushing yards earlier on in the season, uh, take off some more. He is 27th in terms of all quarterbacks in terms of carries. So that's not the side of the spectrum you want to be on because then he has to put up those insane passing numbers to be that elite option. And and we see Joe Burrow right now is not a guy who can crack the top three. And, you know, it's a similar comp where, you know, incredible passer could potentially pass for, you know, over 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, but he's not going to be, he's not going to have that rushing floor to crack the top three. And Josh Allen is, is not going anywhere. I know there's been some struggles this year, but, but they will figure it out. Like Johnny said, it's QB number one in fantasy. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that until, until I sat <laughs> here, I would have guessed he was QB three, maybe behind Hertz and Mahomes, or I know Mahomes wouldn't be top three, but maybe QB two, but you know, so, so Josh Allen is not dead yet. CJ Stroud is rising and, and yeah, Seth, you know, uh, let, let's review it. Let's bookmark it and let's come back here next year and see how we feel about it. I think I've already lost the Daniel Jones trade. I won't, I won't count it. <laughs> I heard about that one. I yeah. Just, I think I've already lost. That was, that was awful. Daniel That's, Jones owes me a lot of money. Let's yeah. just put it that way. He's that got awful. something to spare. So I thought, see, I, I thought Josh Allen type upside with the rushing yards. Ugh, it's awful. Now he's on the IR. I want to shout out notorious J our producer in the chat. Uh, I don't know who he's, who he's talking to, but he's talking about Trey McBride here. Yeah, there's um, hey, there's just a ton of message between the two of these two. Yeah, guys. they're going they're going. What are we missing forth. here? Something, something. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. We, we got a straight up. We got a we got a debate going. Oh. I like I like. Uh, oh, sorry. We're we're trying to put up two uh, two uh, things at once here. I think this now. is I think this is the basis of what's happening here. I think I might have found the root of of how. Oh I, wow! There. <laughs> All right. That is um, a ridiculous. Uh, yeah. No. Right. No. no. <laughs> That's like me. That's about like me trading for Daniel Jones in Dynasty this year. Not quite the same, but you know. That debate Uh, got settled. (laughs) We got JP in the chat. Uh, Y'all want attainable? That's how I picture he's saying that. Try JF Justin Fields. There's a guy who can win your league. I mean, it ain't crazy. It exactly. It's exactly what happened last year. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a Bears stan. I'll be a Bears fan until the day I die. I actually think they're kind of a live dog this week. Call me crazy. Um, they're really good against the run. Their defense, that is. So, look, anyway, here's, here's some time for some Matt. accountability. I say, I say a lot of things. I, I, you know, I, I will comment on people's trades. So, so here's something: the Dynasty Roundtable uh, Listeners League. I drafted. We had our startup this offseason. I drafted Justin Fields over Lamar Jackson. So everyone can. Everyone can let me hear it. It was bad. I'm that stupid. could work out. Yeah. That could work out for you oh, if he goes to Atlanta man. next year. I mean, that could work out. I'm, I'm still holding out hope, mostly because I have to. But it was yeah. a decision that I made, and so you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'll critique other people, so I'll, I'll throw some of my own, some of my own baggage out there for, for, for some fairness. All right, get the show back on track, Matt. Yeah, ho- holy root, shit, we're at, ruin- we're at an hour already. This is how these shows go, fellas. We just we get talking Every time. about Dynasty, and Every then it's, we look up, and an hour has passed. 
All right. So now that we've we finally cleared the rookies, uh, we'll we'll go in and, and try and uh, talk some sophomores. If we go at the pace we just did, uh, it will take two hours. So maybe we'll we'll try and be rapid, a rapid little bit fire. more brief. And by and by brief, you know, I'm talking to myself here, looking in the mirror. But let's start with some struggling sophomores. He he fumbled the first reception in his first reception in the Monday Night Football game and was seemingly benched. A lot of praise from people this off season in terms of fantasy. I was one of the biggest proponents. Johnny, kick us off and talk to us about James Cook. Is there still hope for him? I mean, the thing about him is he passes the eye test kind of, right? Like he runs angry, he's fast, but he fumbles too much and the snaps aren't there. And there's, that's just, that is how it is. Fournette's legs are big uh, and he is coming, right? And so uh, I sold him for a 25 first at the beginning of the season, uh, and I'm glad I did. And so if you could get something kind of like that still for him, I would certainly do it. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, uh, James Cook was a little bit priced out for me going into his rookie season. Um, but right now, I I think he's a buy, especially after that first first touch fumble. Uh, his usage has increased. He's he's sitting at RB2 in, in terms of fantasy production. And that that's struggling. He's, he's within the top 24. I didn't like his age or his size coming out of Georgia, but Buffalo has used him effectively. Um, I'll, I'll wait for his stock to plummet. I'll buy his dip after the season or, or after week 15 in leagues without a trade deadline. Starting with week 12, he has Philadelphia, a buy, Kansas City, and Dallas. So rest of the season, I'm I'm out. Um, but in terms of dynasty value, like if if I'm trying to to make a move with a you know trying to to shore up my contender team, I'm going to see what I can what I can get if the other person will throw in James Cook and and see if I can throw a draft pick on top of that. Um, if I can get if I'm out of contention and I can move him to somebody for like we talked about before Terry McLaurin uh, or even like Amari Cooper, I'm I'm all over that too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty much feeling the same way there. Where it's I, I'm not necessarily you know I'm not expecting much this season, but. Outside of last game, going into last game, he was the RB23 in fantasy points per game. And that that was just me checking sleeper. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully that was accurate. But that's kind of, I mean, he was like RB30 until, you know, we started getting firm confirmation that he was going to be the lead guy in Buffalo. So most of the summer you were getting him at RB30 prices in Dynasty and Redraft. And so he's kind of lived up to the expectation as gross as it is. And it's off of struggling performances. And crazy enough, when you look at player profiler metrics, well, look, look who's top 15 in true yards per carry. Look who's top six in yards per touch. Top 20 in breakaway run rate. And look who's, for some reason, there. You know, maybe this is a Josh Allen just doesn't heavily target RB's problem because – in terms of yards per reception, ranks highly. Yards per route run, ranks highly. Catch rate, ranks highly. So he's involved in the passing game in terms of routes run, just not getting a lot of targets, but performing well on the targets, seemingly performing pretty well as a rusher. Uh, it, he could have just been in the Ken Dorsey doghouse. So the you know even even with these tough matchups coming up, you know there's we don't a whole new world in terms of potential usage. Uh, and, and if I'm an interim OC, I can tell you one thing. I'm probably not living or dying on my future as an as a full time OC with Latavius Murray and Leonard Fournette. Um, Tay train. Woo woo. I mean, he's, Latavius is pretty good. He made a really nice cut in the backfield, changed directions, and broke off a really long run. So, like somehow, this guy still has a lot of juice at his age. But 
I'm still, if I, if I'm, you know, the backup or the interim OC right now, you know, you're going to trust your second round pick to try and get you. So now if he continues to, to falter, you know, he's not going to get, like I said, you got to kind of treat it as a lost season as a dynasty manager. Cause there's a lot of uncertainty. We can't expect things to just drastically change from here on out, but I think there's a lot of hopeful outlook for James Cook. Yeah. I, I, whenever I just, I'll just tell you something about myself. So all my opponents can use it against me. <laughs> this, this is how it works. Um, whenever there's a narrative out there, it's like, oh, he fumbles too much or oh, he's not playing well. I always, the, the inside, I, I really want to go, hmm, uh, let's see if I can find some evidence that can prove that fact wrong. And I, like, I'm looking at some stats here and this, I don't know, you guys can, it, it says here he's only fumbled twice and he's lost one fumble on the season. I'll tell you some players who have fumbled more. Uh, Eric Gray somehow has fumbled more than him. He hasn't <laughs> lost any. Uh, like, so I don't, I know he's had some pretty, like those must've been pivotal fumbles. I don't know, but I'm just looking at the football database right now. And that's it was what two saying. last night. That was, there's so much recency by, I mean, come on. My, my take was purposefully hilarious. Like I called out for no. legs, right? Like, yeah, we're, hey, clipping he that, by the way. we're clipping. He's we're coming. Clipping. Hey, Jay, timestamp where the four late Fournette's legs comment, please. Hamstrings <laughs> like hams. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying, I think, I, I like to go against these narratives, especially when there's some evidence that's backing me up. So I'm I'm on your team, Matt. I'm on your team. There we go. So Seth, I'll just I'll, I'll keep it going with you. Let's talk about a receiver who's who potentially on hashtag diva alert. You know, doing some unfollowing on Instagram. It's been rough for George Pickens. Is is he the guy that we thought he was going into this season? I I want to believe. Right. Because George Pickens is one of my guys. Right. I want to believe. Uh, and I mean, there's some good things. Right. I mean, he's uh, he's he's on the field. <laughs> he's number nine in snap share. That's good. Uh, but I mean, target separation. I mean, he's, he wasn't really a guy who separated a ton anyway. Catchable target rate hasn't been good with Kenny Pickett, but his true catch rate hasn't been good either. So yes, I'll I'll admit it's not been a good couple of weeks for for George Pickens, but when like when he does show like there there's a lot of as Mike Tomlin said splash plays with him, um, and when he has his weeks like he has a week like a wide receiver number five week against Baltimore in week five, uh, and against a tough matchup in Cleveland wide receiver eleven in week two, so it's just super inconsistent. And it makes sense with the pits with the way the Pittsburgh offense is the way it is with Matt Canada and all that stuff. So there's a lot here, but I want to buy. I want to buy. I don't know if I should buy. That's where kind of where I'm at. Jonathan, what about you? Um, the talent is there. If you ask me, like he can break a big touchdown. He can do a contested catch. I think he has kind of overcome the separation narrative with some of the. Like he a couple of weeks ago, people were really high on him, right? He had put together a decent start to the season, but like the QB situation is absolutely brutal. And I think he just can't, if you're buying him, it's like on a total rebuild where you're waiting to like wait it out for like a year or two, because you know, the talent's there. And if you're on a contending team, you're maybe looking to sell him to someone who realizes he's a good player 
Um, but maybe they're going to go for a rebuild. Because I, I think the big thing I'm trying to say is he's got to have an upgrade at the QB situation before he can – any wide receiver in that offense can truly flourish, if you ask me. So, What about you, Brandon? What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Um, I like to do that. Uh, I know it's buy or sell. I, I'm holding. Um, okay. I know that wasn't an option, but that's – so <clears throat> I have a, a cute little story about George Pickens and his rookie draft. I made a trade and uh, have a Steelers fan in my home league. And I took him as the 101 because I knew that I was getting my other guys later and the whole house erupted. It was, and I, I think that I like to think that I messed up the, the sleeper matrix with ADP and everything, but uh, I, I love George Pickens. And there's one thing that we always say and hear in dynasty and talent will always win. Um, his situation is absolute garbage. He's got a quarterback that can't get him the ball. He's got target competition in Deontay Johnson, who had, what, three points last week, something like that. Um, so even he's not getting the ball. Firemuth's coming back. Matt Canada, uh, the only thing that he does well is give the ball to Jalen Warren. I hate Pickens' situation. Uh, but I'm not willing to give up on him. I'm not, you know, he might be a buy. If, you know, somebody is fully out on him and and you can you can get him for for pretty cheap because he's not going to do much for you for now. But next year is his third year, third year breakout. And uh, and he he eventually is going to be getting himself into a better situation and, and have better years at a certain point this year. When I think Johnny was talking about, he was around wide receiver 24, which is kind of what we what we were expecting. He's had a couple down weeks since then. So he's he's dropped down into the 30s, I think. But if he can finish as a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, uh, if he can supplement your flex as you know as a good good points guy, um, his upside right now is all in best ball. Uh, in dynasty, he's he's just kind of sit on him and and hope other people can can help you more. Yeah, you know if you if you're if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? Uh, that that's <laughs> that's pretty much where I'm at on George Pickens because. It, I think we all, you guys laid out the situation so perfectly, right? It's not a talent issue. He has the big playability uh, as, as Matt B great name, by the way, says in the chat, you know, he's got separation anxiety. <laughs> he's, he's, he's afraid of getting separation. So I, I really like that one, but, um, but we've, we've seen like Deandre Hopkins, right? Like I, I've, I've been through the data myself. Trust me. There, there's really not a lot of correlation between getting separation and, and earning fantasy points because guys like DeAndre Hopkins exist. Right. And I'm not saying George Pickens is DeAndre Hopkins, but he has the ability when he's running the, he, he's running those sideline routes, those comebacks that don't, you know, they don't always generate a lot of separation, but when you're a guy like George Pickens, you don't have to create a ton of separation to be able to win at the catch point. And that's what makes him so, so good. And he can all, he's also so explosive after the catch. So he's got all the talent, but we don't know what's going to happen with this situation. And so that's kind of why I'm holding uh, Kenny Pickett. The Steelers are currently, you know, potentially on track to be a playoff team. And if they make the playoffs and they come close to making the playoffs, as gross as it sounds, I mean, Kenny Pickett's got another year. So we're looking at at least another year at Kenny Pickett. And then who knows, you know, the, the Steelers are probably going to be in the middle to back of the first round, which means they're not going to be getting an elite quarterback in 2025. And you could potentially have this same situation happen all over again. So it, it there's it, within the window that you're looking for, there's just a lot of uncertainty right now. So I'm holding on George Pickens. That's such a great point about 
them being a good team. Playoff team. Playoff team. Those are a playoff team. And that, you know, unless they want to take a shot on, you know, one of these quarterbacks draft later, you know, they're not going to be in the like you know, a Kenny no way. Pick. Yeah, like a Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett two point Yeah. So anyway, we have one more player to talk about, don't we, Matt? It's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Just just go. Just do it. <laughs> So can I, can I, Vic, is it now, is it okay now to, it's to- a little, it's a, it's a little annoying. Cause I did mean to start the show by victory lapping Kyler, Kyler Murray, because, well, that was a good call by you. Cause, Cause who said that Kyler Murray, like four, four ish weeks ago, that Kyler Murray was going to come back against Atlanta. You did that. You, you laid that out pretty perfectly, but you're, you were, I have, you were dead wrong about Christian Watson, though. I was, he wasn't wrong. coming back against Cleveland. About Christian Watson, no, exactly, exactly. Like, why it was Baltimore and then Cleveland, like, there's no <laughs> chance they're saying they're, they're putting him out there. Kyler's like, no, I'm not healthy. Um, yeah, so the yeah last, I was dead wrong about Christian Watson, but more so, I was dead wrong about Jordan Love. I'll get to that part of it, but Seth, you know, this is. I tried to this, tell everybody. This I, is I your time to shine. So, you know, you you kick it off. You deserve to kick off the Christian Watson talk. I mean, I tried to warn everyone. I mean, I felt like I was alone. Sometimes you even doing the right thing, you know, like even when you're standing alone, you still have to do the right thing. And the right thing was to tell everybody. I like I it, Christian Watson's profile's great. You go to his player profiler page, oh my god, it's unbelievable. But the problem with Christian Watson is he was a shooting star towards the end of last season, and that always perks me up in Dynasty. It always raises those alarm bells. It, it gets people excited, and, and, and the buzz starts going, and, and there was no proof. We didn't, we didn't have any proof that Jordan Love was any good, and now we're starting to see that, well, Jordan Love's not very good, and that was a big issue. But the other issue was that this team was always going to be a, like an offense in the bottom sort of half, lean on the run type of offense. And Christian Watson over the last four games has gotten the precious snap share that you guys all were talking about. Like, oh, he's got to get the 70% snap share. He's got like, wait till he gets the, the opportunities. And, and, and he's been on the field and, and he's not getting the, the targets. I mean, a 16.8 target per target share is number 53 amongst wide receivers. Uh, he's, for some reason, his route participation is number 58. I don't really understand why. It could be a scheme issue, I guess. He a dot baby. He's getting down the field. Number three, number three in the NFL. But the problem, and you said it, Matt Babich, and I try to tell everybody. Look at his catchable target rate. It's number a hundred and one. It's fifty. Remember, remember when I said? Remember when I said all Jordan Love has to do is is compete with the sixty one percent catchable target rate and like 4.5 target quality rating, like on a scale of one to 10, he didn't do it. (laughs) 2.15 target quality rating, 48% catchable target rate. It's Jordan love is so bad. I'm starting to sound like Jerry Seinfeld. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I don't know what else to say. Um, I mean, buy or sell in Dynasty. We buy or sell. I'm, I'm sell it. You sell, you're not even buying them. I'm What's done. even worth now? What's he I, worth? No. I, I mean, that's that's probably the that's probably the the, the fair side of the argument is his 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 value is probably crater to the point where I'm holding. But like mentally, uh, I'm selling. 
Wow, Christian Watson, yeah. wide receiver 39, according to Trump. I nicknamed him Christian Bumson on my Scott Fishbowl team. So so that's where we're, that's where we're at with yeah. Christian Watson. It was always a huge risk. It was a huge risk in like I the love fourth risk. round. Fourth round was a huge risk when he was getting drafted right next to DJ Moore and players like that. DeAndre Hopkins. Ugh. Anyway, Johnny, what do you think? Christian Watson, what are your too, thoughts? Too fragile for me too. Like that's another thing we didn't even discuss. Like there's these guys who are always managing soft tissue injuries and getting banged up and they, you either play through it or you don't. And he seems to miss games. Uh, so I think he was propelled by Rogers for a bit. I inherited a team. I had sold him for a first before the season started. Um, but again, his value is pretty darn low right now, actually. And so I'm like, I'm holding out hope that I can get one of those like, Oh, that's there it is, that five catch for 150 yards and two touchdown game. And then what one of those people who chases the Gabe Davises and those like inconsistent players of the world shoots you, you start feeling some offers after a game or two like that. If you're that would be my position because I just don't see it getting much worse than wide receiver 40 right now. Uh yeah, he was his highest wide receiver 15 at one point last year. So it's crazy to see the drop. What do you think, Brandon? I believe the prompt was uh, buy or cut bait. So <laughs> so I have cut bait. Uh, now, before I get into okay. Christian Watson, uh, can any of you guys tell me who's the who's QB 13 right now in PPR? Is it it's Jordan probably Jordan Love? Love. It's Jordan oh Love. He's in the Superflex conversation. He's not necessarily the problem, except, you know, he can't get the ball deep to Christian Watson. Um, I didn't like Christian Watson's route profile last season. I avoided him like fool's gold. I have zero shares of Christian Watson. I don't have him anywhere, and I don't want him going forward either. Now, in that Packers offense, I've done a complete 180 on Romeo Dubs. I was out on him as in the rookie drafts, and now I'm trying to pick him up wherever I can. And I think that Reed and Wicks are going to bring more value than Watson. Um, I, I love Jaden Reed, and uh, and I'm, I've, I've taken a big turn on Romeo Dubs. But uh, I will also not give up on Jordan Love. Matt Babbage? Yeah, I mean, the ADOT's part of the problem. We. Hey. Way back in the Riders Roundtable days, I made a joke about how pretty much if you lead the league in yards per reception and an average target distance, you're probably really bad. Like <laughs> a la Mark Marquez Valdez scaling. Like that's the type of tier that you're in. And I mean, he's 11th in yards per reception and fourth in average target distance. So like, it's <laughs> yeah. where we're at. Like I, I, I know who Christian Watson likely is now. And like, and look. I was fooled. You know, I, I, I was not familiar with his game and Aaron Rodgers was propping him up because he's a hall of fame quarterback. And so when his, when the only tool in his toolbox is go deep and let Aaron throw you the ball, Aaron's going to figure out how to throw him the ball. And so, you know, that he's going to be a streaky fantasy asset where he's not going to live up to the hype that he had, unless he has a hall of fame guy that's able to prop him up. And, and while Jordan love is, successful you know somewhat so far you know it's guys like Jaden reed and romeo dubs just the reliable short to mid area guys that and luke musgrave that are going to be getting his attention and you know, christian watson to a guy like jordan love is nothing more than a field stretcher decoy he's no better than jameson williams little it's, update oh, go ahead go ahead it's just you. wild Jaden reed and christian watson very close on keep trade cut 
uh, wide receiver 39, Watson, wide receiver 43, Jane Reed. Just crazy. So Wait, you say Watson's like, 39 and Reed's 43 or the yeah, other way around? Yeah, uh, yeah, Reed's I'm 43. Buying, I'm yeah. buying Jane Reed at those prices all day long. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, a little update for you. Remember this uh, little, little bold prediction I gave at the beginning before the season started? Marvin Mims versus uh, oh, old, Christ, old Christian Watson. Uh, you want to know uh, what the stat count is right now, Mr. Babbage? 246 receiving yards and a touchdown for old Marvin Mims. 236 receiving yards and a touchdown for Christian Watson. So you're saying there's a chance, baby. I'll double down right now if you want me to. I still, <clears throat> I still think that's uh, it. Would, we got to have an injury. If this... even this close right now, it's just such a massive L for me. I, sh- I, I should have I... went with Jaden Reed. I should, that was the other option I was <laughs> torn between. But uh, anyway. So it, it, we're gonna have to have an injury, and I don't want to root for injuries. It's probably gonna, that's probably what it's gonna take to like Jerry Judy or something. No, we do not. We do not root for injuries, but he's the poster child for get him the ball. Marvin <laughs> Mims is like, such a perplexing thing. I don't understand. I don't know that that social media clip is probably gonna get him to some trouble. More doghouse, yeah, yeah. Like that's not the way to get out of the doghouse. Oh, what was he <laughs> doing? So he was signing jerseys and, ta- or, uh, and taking pictures with fans in the stands, like taking selfies with people. And uh, someone, it must have been a Bills fan, was like, boo, he's like, you suck. He's like, zero receptions. <laughs> and then Marvin like looked at him and was like, he don't throw me the ball anyway. So oh, just completely yeah. threw Russ in the doghouse and not yeah. what you want to be doing. Uh, you know, Russ is a is a super normal guy, so like I'm sure very down to earth. Russell yeah, very down to earth. Very like, down sure, to earth. Yeah, I'm sure he thinks nothing of it, but <laughs> he's, 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 he's a wear blue jeans in a in his jersey to practice kind of guy. I Russell mean, Wilson was probably doing push ups right next to <laughs> right in her high knees, like right past Marvin Mims. Like, like hey, Marvin, you want to do some high together? You want to you want to do some high right. maybe on the <laughs> We could do some high knees together on the plane. All right, we're gonna we're, we're running way over here, so we're gonna we're gonna quick talk about Caleb Williams and then get you guys out of here. So, uh, just well, I'll throw it right to Brendan. I mean, Caleb, Caleb Williams, incredibly touted prospect, highly anticipated. There's so much hype around him in Superflex. You know, I feel like he's right now he's locked into the 101 in Superflex draft. So, where are we placing Caleb Williams right now in our current dynasty rankings? Now, he's interesting because his upside is absolutely insane. He does some off-platform improvisational things that you look at guys and you're like, that's like right out of the Patrick Mahomes mold. He's going to win championships. Um, But his red flags are pretty worrisome. Everything for me is wait and see because of his threats to stay in school, uh, his possible like draft position. My home league is a single QB league, so that kind of shades most of my outlook. Um, I concentrate more on that than in the Superflex dynasties that I'm in. In Superflex, if he comes out, he has to be the 101. In my home league, I'm taking a wide receiver first, I'm taking a running back first, and I'm looking to hit big on a a later quarterback like Penix or my personal favorite, KJ Jefferson. Williams is still top five, but he, he won't be a priority for me personally. Um, but again, super flex, he's a one-on-one and, uh, and he's probably not going to move on that, move off of that as long as he's going to be drafted this year. Where do you have him, Johnny? So I want to address some, the crying on when he was in his mom's arms crying after <laughs> yeah. whatever L that was like the hundredth L of the season for USC. 
he cares about the game. I think it showed that. And I think uh, it also maybe increases the probability that he does want to leave for the NFL. Maybe he's like, you know, I'm not having a lot, a lot of fun here. They're putting up 50 points a game. Like, um, it's time for me to move on. I know I can go and be the first pick in the NFL draft. And something else that people don't mention about him, like if you watch a lot of him play, he he's tough. He takes hits and he keeps playing. And, and he also does a decent job for how much he moves around avoiding big hits. And that kind of stuff is important to me when you're talking about dynasty, players to build around. Um, so I think we talk about like our – Stroud being just outside the top three. Um, I think, again, because of the upside, um, Caleb Williams could offer like QB1 overall potential if he puts it all together in the NFL with his legs and can kind of put it together like Stroud did in an ideal scenario. I think he'd offer even more upside. But I think coming out of the draft, I'd probably slot him at QB5. After C.J. Stroud, if C.J. Stroud continues having an amazing year like he is, uh, that's really high. I'm really high on Caleb Williams. I have tanked two teams because I didn't. I knew I wasn't going to win, uh, and I, I wanted to get that first pick because I think he is a difference maker. It's super flex leagues, both of them. But uh, yeah. Anyways. So I would have a hard time ranking him above the following quarterbacks: Mahomes. Hertz, Burrow, Jackson, Herbert, Allen, and Stroud. Mm-hmm. I think there's a real conversation that can be had that he is right behind those guys. So that would be what? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Pick eight in a super flex startup draft. Pick eight. I think there's a real conversation. I I would listen to that. Like That's probably as high as he can go for me. I've got him ranked right below the elite receivers right now. Jefferson, Chase. And I'll throw AJ Brown above him for now. Um, but that's where I got him. I mean, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I'm so high on him. It's crazy. Like I knew as we got into this, I was going to sound like an ass, but at least, at least I've I mean, he's not, like, no, he's and all this like win loss record stuff, like him lose, like USC's defense is terrible. Like, mm-hmm. it, like it's, it's so bad. And I don't, there was a guy who I think his career record, in college was 13 and 19 the best oh is it patrick mahomes was seven and five this guy named patrick Patrick mahomes Mahomes. patrick mahomes he's he's pretty terrible right patrick mahomes yeah patrick (laughs) patrick mahomes so i mean i'm not saying that this guy's patrick mahomes but oh my god does he do some things that look like patrick mahomes Mm -hmm. and like there's no doubt no question in my mind he's the first pick in the nfl draft he's the 101 in your super flex leagues you can write it in permanent ink okay that's he is phenomenal. So Matt Babich, what do you get? What else? What else do we have? Is it? I like that Johnny came out and said that he was that high on on Caleb Williams because I, I really wouldn't be shocked if we looked to keep trade cut, you know, in May and and Caleb Williams was QB six behind Joe Burrow. Or I mean, he could potentially even be like neck and depending on how Burrow finishes out the season, he could be neck and neck for Burrow at QB five. Like if he gets if he maybe goes to Dable and the Giants or I, I don't know, you know, there's there's kind of a slim now you know amount of teams that can get the number one pick, but he's going to be rated pro. We're a good amount of people are probably going to end up being below market on Caleb Williams when he comes into the league because of how high the the rest of you know the the world is going to be on this guy because he does those things that are Patrick Mahomesian 
And <clears throat> I'm going to say something probably ridiculous here. I'm not, I'm not talking dynasty like full long term. Would any of us be surprised if Anthony Richardson outscored Caleb Williams in fantasy points per game next season? Not surprised. But you have to stay healthy. Points per game, yes, but that's one yeah, of my yeah. Po- f- fantasy points per game. Fantasy yeah. points per game. But I, availability matters, right? I like. I want total points. Richardson ripped it up this year, but he he shouldn't outside the top twenty QB. No, I, absolutely, and and I'm not trying to paint the picture that I'm like super below market on Caleb Williams or anything like that. I just think there's going to like we could see such a public push for Caleb Williams up the consensus rankings yeah. and we mm-hmm. could be sitting here in May going like whoa like we're we're taking Caleb Williams over Burrow already like over Jackson all these As guys like right snap. Now. yeah yeah it's, it's gonna be, it's, I'm just preparing you for the reality that it's probably going to get ridiculous with Caleb Williams rankings and people are hungry for football in May we'll say anything yeah well it's, the 20 2023 the, the 2023 Bijan narrative is going to be the 2024 Caleb Williams narrative. He's going to be taken as a first rounder in Superflex startups. Um, people are going to be talking about him. There's going to be the debate of, oh, well, now you're drafting him at his value and you're not. I mean, all of those conversations we had about Bijan are going to be had with Caleb Williams next year. And um, Bijan got himself into a terrible situation. We hope that Caleb doesn't get himself into a. T- into a these guys are personally choosing the teams they're picking. No, no, no. I mean, he, he wound he wound up. That that might be Got more fair right. to say. He he made himself a bad decision and yeah. drafted by Arthur Smith. <laughs> right. I, um, I didn't mean it like that. I I yeah. We're allowed to misspeak. Okay. <laughs> no, you got to hear me do it every week. No, you can't misspeak. Only I'm allowed to misspeak. Okay, that's the only person. Um, but yes, I, if he gets drafted by the Patriots or I don't know, he might move down my board a little bit just cause the year one might not be, he's going to have to make a lot happen, but yeah, Here, here's, here's a quick question. Do the bears take him? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah. Yep. Um, I love Justin Fields just as much as the next man, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they, like, and it's weird too, because the, 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 Fields can't even play himself out of the number one overall pick because they have Carolina's pick. So if Carolina's terrible, they could Justin Fields could play great. They could still have the number one pick. And then if he plays great down the stretch, then 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 it's a real conversation. But I would I would almost promise you they'll take Caleb Williams. But we'll see. It'd be fascinating to monitor. They could um, probably get a really big haul if they get that first oh pick. God. They could basically really look good after. Uh, you know what I mean? Well, I guess they won that Carolina trade too, pretty big. It one, exactly. right? nine games in Bryce Young's career, but they could really start to turn build around if they did trade that pick and get some crazy, crazy return for it. That's an option. I mean, it would be the biggest draft haul you would think. Yeah, maybe ever since like oh, yeah. the Herschel Walker trade. I'll pair Caleb Williams with DJ Moore and just watch that sweet music every week. And Roshan. And Roshan. Whoo! Which, by the way, and Kemet. This is your weekly by Roshan or bi-weekly now. Bye, Roshan. <laughs> if you don't hear that enough around player profiler, go by. I am everywhere. I'm every team. Yeah. Well, should we get you guys out of here with a bold prediction? Uh, why don't we start, start with Johnny. You got a bold prediction. Uh, we're putting you on the spot here. Also, you know, feel free now to like replug your Twitter and like, oh, yeah. anything else that you're doing that anything else you got going on. If you want to talk about the news desk quickly again as well, feel free. Okay. At, at, or at FF Academy Johnny on uh, Twitter. 
try and post relevant information on there, give you some of my takes. I will answer any questions people have. Um, bold prediction, JSN outscores Zay Flowers rest of season. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Just I like that. That's a good one. That's, that's, uh, I have his player profiler page up right now. Um, yeah. So check out, remember when you're on playerprofiler.com, check out the players' news and media sections. Uh, if anything relevant has happened to them, uh, we're covering it. We've got the details of the Zay Jones arrest. We've got Michael Carter going to the Cardinals. Uh, injury news, as, as Brendan mentioned. So when you're going to check out, we should be your first source for news and, and analytics for your players. What about you, Brendan? Bold prediction. Plug anything you got to plug. All right. Bold prediction. Let's go. Uh, rest of the season, Rico Dowdle outscores Tony Pollard. Whoa, that is bold. Oh. <laughs> Matt Babbage just died inside. <clears throat> Come on. Uh, okay. Right there at Big Boned FFB on Twitter. At Big Boned FFB, uh, my podcast, The Fantasy Burn, is on YouTube. I write for DynastyProsFootball.com. I also host the weekend warm-up that can be found on the Dynasty Pros YouTube channel every Saturday. Uh, my partner uh ff canuck 99 who is now a part of the news desk with us uh at player profiler uh he and i run down all of the weekly injuries and then we give you buys uh start sits and streamers for the weekend games um so yeah at big boned ffb and you can kind of follow everything from there and uh thank you for having having me on guys this has been awesome oh it's been a blast uh we'll definitely have to have you guys back again but matt do you do you have anything to plug? Bold prediction? Anything? Uh, I got my weekly article. Comes out on Fridays at playerprofiler.com. It's everything you need to know about the current week in the NFL. Uh, I've had some had some tough L's, but I've had a lot of dubs. And one of those was uh, calling out Michael Williams or Michael Wilson, goodness gracious, and and his upcoming performance. Uh, we called you know Devonta Smith and Chris Olave by lows. Um, so there's, there's been a lot going right here, there in that article of, you know, learned a lot, kind of going through these stats and trends every week, just trying to prepare for the upcoming week. So, um, you know, maybe be sure to check those out and, and check out everything else that is on playerprofiler.com slash articles in the news desk. There's so much useful information and, and on the website, it's so easy to access and, and, and beautiful to read the, the user experience that player profiler provides is incredible and you know other than that you can continue to find me on this podcast every other week there you go bold prediction uh kyler murray top 10 quarterback rest of season all right lock it in i think uh i'm just gonna give a we don't i don't usually do this on the show but this might be people are gonna accuse me of being a homer but I, i i think the bears are a live dog this weekend i really do plus eight and a half i think it's gonna go down to closer to plus eight, maybe, maybe seven and a half. Uh, I think it came out at 10 and then, then Justin Fields news broke. It's a little sprinkle sprinkle on that money line. I think I, the bears might pull off the upset this week. No more tea bag. Yeah. The bears are really good against the run. They're, yeah. they're, they're number one in uh, uh, yards per attempt allowed on the ground. And so the bears are going to be able to slow down the running game of the lions. Now it's going to be up to Jared Goff. To, to to throw to throw the ball around and we'll see if he can do it so that's my bold prediction homer pick of the week 
um, for you here. So thank you so much for tuning into the Dynasty Roundtable on the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Don't forget to hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you want more of the same content. For Matt Babich, for Brandon, for Johnny, for myself, thank you so much for watching. And we will catch you next, the next, next week, two weeks from now, we will be back. Goodbye, everybody.